0: want to see what life is like inside the bottle. Jen's Playground has its own website and Facebook fan page. Go to www.jensplayground.com for more details. And a very special thanks go out to our friends at mtgcast.com. The one site, the only site that has the cojones to support this little slice of heaven. Are you ready? Let's do this, bitches.
1: What'd it do, you filthy degenerates? The demonic gates of Jim's
2: Playground are officially open.
1: Step inside. Get in here. Episode number 23, time to let a motherfucker have it. Now we need to start things off right this time. We need the traditional cracking of the Red Bull. The Crimson Bovine, the Scarlet Cow. You know what I'm talking about. Ah. Not that I need Red Bull right now. Drinking a Red Bull today for me is like pouring gasoline on an inferno. Now for my loyal disciples, you might find this episode a little angrier than usual. And to quote Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live, that's okay, well it's going to have to be okay. Take solace in the fact that you never had a choice. Now, for those loyal to this show, I will allow you the luxury of hiding under the fiery wreckage of a car while you bear witness to the destruction. Now, you might be asking yourself, why does it got to be that way? Well, it's a fair question, but in order for me to give you a fair answer, you deserve to know some background. MTG Cast recently negotiated a way in which several premiere podcasts would be supported and broadcast on the Uber website, Channel Fireball. A handful of podcasts were chosen for Channel Fireball's consideration, and these particular podcasts would stream on both MTGCast and the CFB. Jin's Playground was one of those podcasts initially selected, and needless to say, you know, I was flattered, you know, and I was excited at the idea that my show would reach the thousands that flock to Channel Fireball on a daily basis. Now, I can't speak for my fellow podcasters, but I personally saw this quote-unquote partnership between the sites potentially being a very good thing. You know, Channel Fireball has a massive amount of people visiting their site on a daily basis, and podcasting, even though it's been around for a few years, uh, it's still kind of an untapped resource when it comes to magic. Now, magic podcasts are just now beginning to see the light of day and hitting their stride. And bringing podcasts to the greater magic community, in my eyes, should be a good thing for everybody. But I was also a bit wary. You know, details were missing. Channel Fireball wasn't buying MTG Cast Out, per se, and this mutual association wasn't a true partnership in the business sense of the word. You know, a partnership is a type of business organization in which two or more individuals pool money, skills, other resources, and share profit and loss in accordance with the terms of the partnership agreement. And Nobody knew, and I suspect that nobody still knows what the bottom lines are on this agreement. And when you're put in the dark on these kinds of matters, uh, you're, you're left to make some deductive assumptions. Now, as it currently stands for Channel Fireball, uh, I, I can only see this being a, a big-time win-win situation for them. I mean, here you have a website and MTG Cast that is rich with magic-related material. Uh, You've you got a multitude of podcasts produced by a, a dedicated bunch of guys that in a lot of cases are doing what they're doing for free. And they're doing it because they love doing it, not necessarily because they're obligated to do it or they're being paid to do it. So, if I'm Channel Fireball, I'm thinking to myself, wow, these guys are already doing what they do for free, so why don't we just come in here, take some of the best shows that MTG Cast has to offer, uh, we'll stream them on our site, and because we're doing them such a big favor, In return, we'll ask that these shows do some free advertising for us while getting that many more hits on our site. Sounds like a situation of getting something for nothing in my book. But let's put the whole idea of compensation on the back burner just for a moment. We'll get back to that in a second. I was a bit more concerned about Channel Fireball's rules and requirements that they wanted podcasts to adhere to. I received a letter from them stating that they were concerned about language content and uh, that if you were wondering what is acceptable versus unacceptable, uh, just ask yourself if the content in question would be suitable for a major network television. So I got to thinking, well, wait a second here. You know, I, I watch a bunch of network television and from a content perspective, in a lot of cases, network television is worse than what I put on my show. I mean, if I can reel in my potty mouth, I think I meet these requirements. But you know what? I wasn't about to waste my time and theirs, so I personally wrote TSG and Chris Otwell an email. Let me read it to you. Greetings, Tristan and Chris. You don't know me, Tristan, so let me introduce myself. My name is Nick Bonham, and I produce the podcast Jin's Playground for MTG Cast. Good to make your acquaintance. I recently received a letter from Chris Otwell detailing how, in the very near future, Channel Fireball will be supporting specific podcasts from Cast. I think that this is a stellar idea and a classic win-win for everyone involved. From what I have seen and heard so far, I am very supportive of this Brave New Venture and I'm excited to see this idea come to fruition. I was also made aware by Chris that my own podcast was being tapped, along with several other select shows, to take the stage and be a part of Channel Fireball's scheduled podcast lineup. And to this, I must say that I am thrilled and flattered that my show would be considered. I am extremely excited for that opportunity and it sounds like a great deal of fun. I do have several questions, however, and would like transparency between Channel Fireball and myself regarding content and policy. Now, I don't want to generalize, but in many cases a magic podcast serves to promote and inform its listeners about magic-related news and topics. Now, Chris had made mention in one of his emails that Channel Fireball's expectation and rules regarding the podcasts were minimal requests. And that may very well be true regarding most other podcasts. There are indeed podcasts that are already adhering to Channel Fireball's requirements. Jin's Playground, on the other hand, is a fairly different kind of animal compared to other podcasts. My show includes my alter ego, Jin, who serves only to entertain through satire while throwing my own opinionated views in the face of its listeners. You know, it's edgy, It's cynical, and it's controversial at times. My messages aren't always a popular one or a positive one, but the show is definitely not designed to depress its listeners either. I have no fear of calling things how I see them, and on occasion I'll throw profanities around. I completely understand Channel Fireball's need to divorce themselves from podcasts or other mediums that employ obscenities. Now, With that said, if Channel Fireball allows me to express myself perform and entertain in the manner that I'm already accustomed to, while dropping the curse words from the equation, then that is something I can certainly do. And to be honest with you, I really don't use that many profanities, so cutting them all together isn't really a problem for me. My main concern is control over my own creative content. I would be open to eliminating obscenities from the show, but my own views and commentary that really make Jin's Playground what it is would absolutely need to remain completely intact. If you haven't listened to my show yet, I invite you to listen to the last three or four episodes on MTG Cast. Imagine that the profanity isn't there, and after that, if you feel that Jin's Playground is an entertaining product that your website's visitors would enjoy, then I am prepared and excited to take on that challenge of producing a monthly playground from both MTG Cast and Channel Fireball. I look forward to discussing this with you further. Cheers! And that was that. That was well over a month ago, and I still have yet to receive a response. Just a couple days ago, I was able to talk with Chris at a Grand Prix trial I was doing feature match coverage for, and he drops it on me, almost like it was an afterthought. Oh, hey, uh, by the way, (laughs) Channel Fireball doesn't want your show. He didn't really elaborate, and most likely that was because he honestly didn't know why they didn't want the show. Uh, he said that if he had to venture a guess, that maybe it had something to do with the drug references. Huh. I have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. <coughs> Am I angry? Uh, yes and no. You know, I can't really say that I'm angry with Channel Fireball. I mean, how can I be, really? I mean, I harbor no resentment towards those guys. Disappointed, sure, but not angry. I mean, I get it. You know, they're a business and they can't be supporting material where people are throwing around F-bombs. But from a business perspective, if, uh, if they can achieve their goals by putting podcasts on their site that are deemed safe, then why in the world would they take any unnecessary risks? And then again, the least they could have done is responded to my email, you know, tell me themselves why they don't want my show. Just would have been the courteous thing to do, you know, especially considering I was willing, at the time, to modify my show and discuss it with them. I am pretty angry, though. I'm angry with myself. I'm angry that I let myself get so caught up in the idea of doing podcasts for Channel Fireball that I felt I needed to change even slightly what Jin's Playground is all about. You know, it's not about the curse words or the drug references. You know, it's not even about the money or the increased listenership I might potentially earn from doing this show. You know, Jin's Playground was always just about having fun and and keeping it real. And just one guy's opinion when it comes to this amazing game that we play. You know, I say a bunch of things that a lot of people are thinking about but don't say or maybe they can't say. You know, the opinions might not be very popular, but hell, you know, I'm not trying to impress anybody or, or win a popularity contest here. You know, thinking about it a bit more, I'm, I'm sure that if they change their minds and said, hey, as long as you drop the profanities, we're all good, I'm still going to be approaching my subject matter with an amount of caution that I never had previously. You know, I've never, ever... Thought twice about who I was going to piss off or, or whose toes I might step on or, or saying things that breach some kind of bullshit code of politics within the magic community. In my book, freedom of speech is a okay, and the last thing I want to do is worry that I might say something that might get me yanked from a website. Jin's Playground is what it is. You know, and I, I think it's cool that every time I put one of these shows together, I get a handful of new followers on Facebook you know, with comments telling me that, you know, hey, keep doing what you're doing, man. You know, perhaps I should be content with that. You know, in the beginning, I did this show simply to amuse myself. You know, just another hobby to add to the list. But now I find that my reason for doing this show has shifted towards doing it for the people who take the time to listen and support this show. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I still love putting these shows together. You know, I'd argue that it entertains me far more than it entertains you guys. You know, podcasting just straight up tickles my ass. But the people who support what I do have found their way to the top of the list when it comes to reasons why I do what I do. And it it just bothers me that uh, I thought about compromising my content in any way just to get more exposure. And to that, all I can say is, don't worry guys, it won't happen again. If this show forever remains in the underground, so be it. It's probably better that way. And as for Channel Fireball, I I got nothing but love for you. You know, I won't take it personal that you don't want my show on your website. My offer still stands. I have no problems reining in the profanities. Hell, any fool can say fuck into a microphone. Rap artists have been doing it for years. Controlling obscenities is easy. Controlling creative content is a completely different bag of apples. And to my fellow podcasters out there who are currently feeling the allure of going with Channel Fireball, or any other website for that matter... I wish you the best of luck in all of your future endeavors, but I offer a word of caution. Look at the fine print and make sure that you are getting sufficiently compensated for what you do, especially if one of their conditions is plugging their website or products. You are the commodity, not them. And to give you a good analogy, let's say you're a radio show that reaches hundreds of listeners. Some pizza joint comes along and says, Hey, look, I'll tell you what. We are one of the biggest pizza chains around. We want you to advertise and plug our pizza joint. But we're not going to pay you for this. And, uh, oh yeah, by the way, we don't want you to mention any other pizza joints in your show either. Right. When that pizza joint wants you to plug their magnificent Chicago-style pies on your radio show, they got to pay you advertising airtime. That's how the real world works. Just keep that in mind. Now I'm not unwilling to see how this thing plays out between the two websites. You know, I said it at the beginning. If this association between MTG Cast and Channel Fireball goes well, I, I mean, I really think that great things will happen for both websites. You know, my biggest hope, though, is that Channel Fireball supports MTG Cast just as ardently as MTG Cast would support Channel Fireball. I will be watching really closely and carefully to see where all of this goes. The good news is, though, I ain't going anywhere, and I'm not changing a thing. You'll always be able to tune into the Playground right here on MTG Cast, and who knows? Perhaps some other website in the future will flip a coin, roll the dice, and take a chance on the immortal djinn. I wouldn't hold my breath, though. All right, not straying too far off topic. I got to thinking a lot lately about the people who listen to my podcast. You know, who they are, what they do, where they're from. Chris Otwell told me that my show gets an insane amount of hits, which I still find difficult to believe, but I'll take his word for it. But it's made me wonder who is really listening to this show. You know, I was recently in Kansas City for the Star City Games 10K event. And uh, I had several people come up to me and introduce themselves, you know, saying that they love the show. This this kind of recognition still just floors me. You know, I'm humbled every time I I get to talk to someone about my show. And uh, honestly, I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. But I was asked a really interesting question recently, and uh, it actually made me take pause. The question was: If you could choose who listened to your podcast, who would it be? And at first I thought that this was a a hard question, but the more time I put into thinking about it, uh, the easier the answers came to me. I even began thinking about who I didn't want listening to my podcast. So I put together a little list of who I feel should and should not listen to this podcast. Let's break this shit down. Let's start with the people who I don't want listening. Trolls. If you're a troll, please just... Just go ahead and stop the podcast right here. Go ahead. I'll wait. Just click that little X on the top right-hand corner and move on with your day. These guys are unbelievable. You know, I see them in magic forums, dropping little turds on magic article comments, and it doesn't stop with magic. You know, you see these guys on movie sites, news sites, they're all over the place. There is a special place reserved in hell for these bastards. Listen, if you don't have the brains enough to find a way to articulate a constructive thought, then it's really simple. Stay the fuck away from the forums. You add nothing insightful or constructive to a conversation, and they all know this. You know, the way I look at it, a troll writes crap on the forums in a very much the same way a punk ass would scribble some graffiti on a bathroom wall. You know, trolls are all about dropping their hurtful and ignorant feces without any sort of accountability you know, they hide behind the anonymity of a computer screen like a coward seriously, grow a sack be a man, not a child and hey, listen, you know, I'd like to consider myself an agent of chaos at times you know, I'm all about challenging the authority figures but trolling isn't the way of going about showing you're a nonconformist. you're only proving one thing, that you're an idiot so don't, don't listen to my podcast you, you need at least a couple more years of school and a few more life experiences before you're ready to hear me Alright, who's next? Ah, pretentious pros. I don't think I have to worry about many pros listening to my podcast. But if they do, if they do, please go away if you think that every card ever printed in Magic is terrible. And if you think that your shit smells like a Cinnabon, I've got nothing for you. The pros that I know personally are not like this. And due to the fact that some of these pros are representing major websites, uh, they, they can't be like this. There's just a professional image to uphold. But there are pros out there that are unapproachable douchebags who don't write articles, who think they are the shit, that feel like cards like Jace the Mind Sculptor are only barely playable, and that every other player is terrible. Lighten up. This podcast isn't for you. Maybe one day when you learn humility and finally figure out how to not take things so seriously, come back and see me then. Now, that's not to say that all pros shouldn't listen to this podcast. There are a lot of cool pros out there that should listen. If for no other reason, because I'm going to make them smile. In fact, I'll bet they're smiling right now, even as I speak. These guys are all excellent at what they do, but at times I think they walk around in their own little personal think tank. You know, in a few more years of that, without giving themselves some kind of time to decompress they're going to end up turning into one of those creepy guys that walk down the street talking to themselves while every once in a while hitting themselves in the head saying,
2: No! No!
1: I think that it's healthy to decompress from time to time and remember to relax and enjoy this game that we play. Learn to laugh at it every once in a while. And if I can do that for them, then let me write you a script for the playground. Medication time. The doctor is in. But I think that if I had to choose who I would want to listen to this podcast... I guess I'd want listeners who are a lot like me. You know, They don't have to be exactly like me, just folks that share some of the same outlooks I share. People who think they should bring both limited and constructed team trios back to competitive magic. People who feel that block constructed sucks balls. People who didn't like Jerry T in the beginning, but over time learned to love the guy. People who think that the state championship is important. People who think that Patrick Chapin is one of the best magic writers of all time, but would really like to see him buckle down and dominate an event that he sets his eyes on. When is that going to happen? People who do the magic trip for the trip, and not the magic. People who think that Conley Woods says the word obviously way, way too much. It's unhealthy. You got to do something about that, man. Obviously. People who are compelled to take a shower and use deodorant. Hey, we're a dying breed. People who think now that Paul Chion has moved out of Fantasy Island and is living back on the mainland, it's about time for him to pick up 75 cards and start whooping some ass. I know you're listening, too. I triple dog dare you. People who are currently in a torrid love affair with music. People who see things for what they are, who were born with two middle fingers and know how to use both of them. People who know that deep down, this is just a game. You know, they feel that it's an excuse to gather with friends. In general, people who are just chill and know not to take things as seriously as others. If you meet some or all of this criteria, then I invite you to keep listening. And even if you don't meet any of it, but you're willing to give some of it a try, then let the gin's playground stream hit you with the intense glory of a golden shower. Wow, I just I just said that, didn't I? You'll never think of me the same way again. Meanwhile, locked inside of a Volkswagen van parked outside of Watsy headquarters in Renton, Washington, Wizards of the Coast Vice President Roach and Giggle Puss discuss exciting new plans
0: for Magic the Gathering.
2: Pass it, dude. We agreed no guarding.
0: I know. Ooh, we should make guarding a card mechanic, man.
2: I can dig it, Ben. Maybe, like, whenever a creature attacks, you gain a life and they lose a life.
0: I like the flavor, man. Dig it. Let's shake things up.
2: Yeah, shake things up. Hey, maybe we should give the infect mechanic to white creatures. But
0: doesn't white, like, represent purity and goodness?
2: Uh. So?
0: Alright, fuck it. Infect for white creatures.
2: So, I'm a little worried, man. Like, I'm really worried.
0: Dude, uh, Hakuna Matata, you know. Lion King. Pumbaa the Warthog.
2: (laughs) I like saying Pumbaa. It makes my lips feel funny.
0: Right on, man.
2: So, no, seriously, like, the company's Chiba supply is drying up, man. We're down to seeds and stems. We need some fat Skrilla in order for us to rebuy and replenish.
0: This is a bummer, man.
2: Totally. We need to come up with something stat.
0: Well, how much money are we spending on the player's reward program? Uh,
2: I don't know. A
0: lot? All right, then. Well, there's the answer. We'll cut that program and take the money to buy an infinite amount of sweet buds.
2: Well, won't that kind of be, like, a bummer for the players, though?
0: Uh, so? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Seriously. We'll just say some shit like, we're redirecting these resources to increase our player support for local organized play programs. I mean, who the fuck is going to know what the hell that means?
2: I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. But there's only one other thing that I've been thinking about doing.
0: Lay it on me, bro, huh?
2: What if we hired a team of people to run our Grand prix for us?
0: Interesting idea. but what about our regional TOs that run all of our other events, like the PTQs? Won't that seem like, uh, we don't have a whole lot of faith in their organizing abilities? Won't that just piss them off a little bit? Uh, so? All oh, right. okay, oh, no, I'm with you. I'm with ya.
2: will hire these guys from, like, Star City Games, you know, I mean, they can do big events. Although, I, I worry a little. Why is that? Well, if we did hire this team to run our events, like, what is to keep them from charging, like, oh, say, $40 for an event fee? And if Star City Games is the organizer, what is to stop them from slapping down an outrageous vendor fee that effectively prices out their competition? Isn't that a little savage?
0: Uh... So? Oh, right! <laughs> Sometimes I love my job, man.
2: Me too, man. Hey, I think it's about time for a business lunch.
0: I concur. Let's get some deep-fried tamales, man.
2: Don't tease me, dude.
0: Be sure to tune in next
1: time for another mind-numbing episode of Wizards of the Coast is High. This is Melvin Goodpenis saying so long for now. Holy shit, Mirrodin Besiege spoilers! You know the drill, sickos. I'm going to go down the line and choose two cards from each color. One card I feel will have a big impact on the game. The other card might not necessarily be good, just a card I find particularly groovy. I'm going to assume that since you're listening to this podcast that you have access to the internet and are savvy enough to find the actual text of the card so I don't have to read it off to you. Is that lazy? You bet your ass. Alright, starting with white, the color I'm least impressed with. Mirren Crusader is pretty damn spicy, and I can see it being a pretty nice trump card against the current blue-black control decks. It's not often that you get uh, what can be effectively a 4-4 for 3 mana with protection from two colors. If an aggressive black-green poison deck becomes a reality, then uh, I, which it could, then I, I see this guy being pretty saucy. He's not so good, though, that I think that he'll see main deck standard play. White-based decks may use him in some quantity in a sideboard somewhere, and I definitely think that he'll get better after rotation later this year. The card that I'm most excited about out of white so far is White Suns of Zenith. And if you know me, you know why. This card just belongs in my legendary The Dudes Abide deck. The reality of it is that in order for green-white tokens to be plausible, we're going to have to wait for that little Valakut card to rotate out of the mix. But there's also something to be said for this card in limited, especially sealed deck. That pretty much says it all. In blue, I'm going right to Blue Sun's Zenith. This card has been under fire a lot from my local community, but uh, I don't know why. You know, there are those that say, why wouldn't you just play Jace's Ingenuity? And from a short-term efficiency point of view, I I guess that's a good question. For the same mana, the Zenith will net you one less card than Jace's Ingenuity. But the way I look at it, Ingenuity will only ever draw you three cards, and the Zenith has the capability for much more. You know, it's Stroke of Genius, and in a way it's better than Stroke of Genius, due to the shuffleback. Now this card will cause a lot of debate and discussion, which I think is a good thing. But just remember this: it wasn't that long ago. In fact, it was quite recently that we were playing with divination. And I, for one, am very happy with some instant-speed card draw. And I definitely think it'll see some play. And who isn't happy about treasure mage? Dialing up mind slaver seems pretty saucy to me. Or worm coil engine. In Limited, you'll be able to tutor for your bomb, like Steel Hellkite or Mere Battlesphere. I've always been a fan of of the tutor abilities, and I think that the Trinket and the Treasure Mages deliver. Literally. Now, in Black, we have Black Sun Zenith. Man, we we have a lot of Zenith cards in this spoiler review. Coincidence? And when you have access to Jace the Mind Sculptor and Preordain... Now, playing with spells that get reshuffled back into your library is just unfair. This particular card is especially insane. And it's always gonna be a first pick in draft, and it's strong enough to be a mainstay sweeper in any black blue control deck. Now maybe this is what it takes for mono black control to actually put it over the top. Um, I doubt it though. The second card I was going to mention was Phyrexian Crusader, because I mean how do you kill him? But then I saw the card. Go for the Throat. I mean, that's just a damn good card name right there. You will play this card, not because it's going to be great in almost every format. No, 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 no. You will play this card for no other reason than to actually announce the spell with diabolical intent. Go for the Throat. And if you're feeling spicy, maybe you add a bitch to the end of that. Go for the Throat, bitch. Now, in red, I'm going to cheat a little and uh, and actually talk about three cards, because... Red Sun's Zenith, in my opinion, should be picked at almost any stage in a draft. You know, it's a splashable, replayable Disintegrate. Probably not a big constructed card, but I think that this is a very spicy limited card. Now, the card that I really like in red so far is Slagstorm. And after a bazillion games played with Valakut, I've learned that as much as I want to keep Pyroclasms in the board, at least a couple have to be included in the main board for a concession to aggro. You know, there are matchups where Pyroclasm is just dead, but at least Slagstorm pops them for three damage, and three damage is very key to beating Boros. You know, a good Boros player will leave a fetch land up to protect their creatures from Pyroclasm, but uh, Slagstorm sweeps. And yet another card with an outstanding name, Crush. Please, someone out there, when you're at your pre-release play black-red, just so that you can bust out your Schwarzenegger voice and say I crush you, and then go for the throat, bitch <laughs> now in green I'm going to go with Thrun the Last Troll, I mean you got a 4-4 four, for four, 4, which is pretty good on its own but a 4-4 four, four that can't be countered, that can't be the target of your opponent's spells or abilities and that can regenerate this guy is a monster And I think he'll be a good constructed monster too, but just not too terribly soon. At least not in Standard. Right now, Standard is all about the Titans. He's definitely going to have an impact on the game, but the jury is still out on what home he'll end up in. And how fun does Praetor's Council look? I mean, this card right here feels like a mythic. And it's custom made for EDH. You see, Vengevine? That isn't a mythic. Praetor's Council? Now that's a mythic. So in gold you have Tezzeret Agent of Bolas. You get the feeling that after they printed Jace, they learned their lesson and are kind of intentionally trying to make them not so strong. That's not to say that the new Tez isn't strong, it's just a little specific in terms of constructed play. You know, like Nyssa, Tezzeret comes handcuffed to specific cards, you know, notably artifacts. Granted, there are a lot more artifacts than Nyssa's Chosens running around out there, but Tez will require a deck that can accommodate his abilities. In essence, you gotta build a deck around him. In limited, I think he's a bomb, but he's definitely not going to be the next $100 standard card. Moving right along to artifacts, my favorite artifact so far out of this set is Phyrexian Revoker. And I'm all about having a walking pitting needle on my side of the fence, and I think that this card will be relevant in a lot of formats pretty good answer to Jace, and because it's a bear, you can get busy instead of waiting around waiting for them to find an answer to Revoker. And you know, I, I dig this card a lot, especially for Constructive. Now, so, they first make Tunnelingus, right? Then on top of that, they give us Ogre Gear Grabber. And just when I thought that Wizards had cleaned up their act, got their minds out of the toilet, and abandoned all of the sexual innuendo cards they go ahead and make a card called Bone Hard. That's right, Bone Hard. Now, you'll read it carefully and see that it actually says Bone Horde, but after today, you'll never be able to look at that card again and not think to yourself, Bone Hard. <laughs> I mean, is it coincidence that it's equipment? <laughs> is it is it coincidence That bone heart is a living weapon. (laughs) You bet your ass it's a living weapon. (laughs) Overall, though, uh, you know, I I thought that Scars was a little uh, uninteresting, to be honest with you. But this set, this particular set right here, is really strong on its own. And complements Scars in a very powerful and interesting way. And so far from what I can see... Besieged is a very solid set, and uh, and I can't wait to see how it impacts all of the formats. All right, time for a little playground news and community calendar, brought to you by JinsPlayground.com and FrontRangeMagic.com. On Saturday, January 29th, in the spacious upstairs ballroom at the Ramada Inn at 26th and Zuni, Front Range Magic is proud to bring you the Mirrodin Besieged pre-release. As always, we'll offer individual sealed deck competition, two-headed giant, open dueling, and booster drafts. Also, we have some cool swag to hand out while supplies last. Not only the foil promos that you'll expect, but battlefield card boxes that can be folded two different ways, and battlefield dice, plus some other really cool stuff. I am going to be pulling card vendor duties, so if you need to buy some cards, sell some cards, or just want to swing by and shoot the breeze, I will be there from start to finish. And I'll be doing something pretty cool this go-around, as we'll be introducing Jin's Jin's Box Box of of Mystery. What is it, you might ask? You just gotta show up to find out. We'll also have two very special guests, starting with our gunslinger, the incomparable Evan Irwin of The Magic Show. And as our special guest artist, we have Scott Chow, all the way from Shanghai. Scott is the artist for the Mirren Faction pre-release promo card, as well as lots of other great magic art. We'll start taking sign-ups around 8.30am, so be sure to bring your DCI number, and it will save you from having to stand in two separate lines. Remember, it's cash-only on-site, so you can prepay with your credit card via PayPal by using the Front Range Magic online store. For more details, be sure to hit up FrontRangeMagic.com. And of course, February 18th through the 20th marks Grand Prix Denver, and I expect everyone I know, or have ever known, to be present with 40 cards in one hand and a middle finger raised in the other. This weekend is going to be insanity. I'm going to be at the event site on Friday to meet up with people and bird my friends playing in the trials starting at around noon. Saturday of the competition is all about the business. And Sunday, MTG Cast, we will be bringing special coverage of Grand Prix Denver, as myself, along with Chris and Robert from Monday Night Magic, will be rocking a booth from the event. Be sure to swing by and say hi. Time yet again for some shameless plugs. Dig the show and want to give some support? Now, I'm never going to ask for actual cash donations, but check out the link in the show notes, or go over to ginsplayground.com, and you will find a way to purchase Playground t-shirts and hoodies. The chicks see you wearing this gear And they are going to have one thing on their mind Bonehard And hey If you're on Facebook Check out the Jins Playground fan page Right now we're up to 156 hardcore soldiers That's pretty unreal Number 157 has your name written all over it, amigo Alright, time uh, for a couple of shoutouts Before putting the cork on the bottle. A shout goes out to anyone that did not let World of Warcraft consume them. For those that did get consumed, I look forward to the day when I will see you again, in like another six to eight months when the game finally grows stale, like it always does around six to eight months after a WoW expansion actually happens. And There will come a day when human nature takes over and you'll feel the need to step outside and Let the sun shine upon you. And when that day comes, your friends will be there, waiting to greet you. A shout-out goes to Gates Barbecue in Kansas City. In my limited experience when it comes to good barbecue, this place takes the cake. It made it that much more special that I had great company with me to share in that experience. Now, I know on several podcasts and articles that the epic Kansas City trip was talked about, so... I'll just say that after hanging out with guys like Frank Bowker, Chris Otwell, Randy Templar, Alex Smith, Josh Knapper, Tom Ma, Tucker Foster, Conley Woods, and I know I'm forgetting people because I'm spitting these out as they come to my brain, all these guys are twice as cool as I thought they were before, and how can I forget my good friend, Channel Fireball columnist Brian Gruy? He has possibly the most positive attitude, and it's infectious. I don't think there's a negative bone in his body. He's just a great guy and a better friend. For those of you that know him already, you know what I'm talking about. I'll be your executive assistant anytime, compadre. Alright. That's it, dammit. If you're a local, I hope to see you at the pre-release. I think the next time you'll hear from me, I'll be spitting my flow at Grand Prix Denver with the rest of the guys from MTG Cast. Hope to see all of you there. This is the Jin signing off saying, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Peace.